0: Good morning, this is Gaming Perspectives with
1: Saul Angeline. And today we're talking about SRDs.
0: And that means
1: system reference document. A while ago, ways ago, the OGL came out for Dungeons and Dragons third edition.
0: And that is
1: OGL means open gaming license. And what happens is is that I think it led to this boom in D twenty, right? And there was a boom in D twenty that was kind of like there's good D twenty stuff and bad D twenty stuff. Along those lines is the SRD, which is just the rules of the game, the rules, and that's it. And so uh, uh, online, you can find the SRD of D&D, 3rd edition, and then 4th edition, and 5th edition, and also Pathfinder. I always thought that there were certain other companies lately that have, their systems were so, to me, were really good and very, for different reasons. There were, sometimes they were simple, sometimes they were just really neat. And uh, they, they would come out with games, and every game would have that system, but it was a little bit different in each game, right? For example, Modifius came out with uh, the 2D20 system, I think was first come, it came out in Conan. They came out with various other role-playing games that they published, and they all had a version of this 2D20 system. Free League had their uh, Mutant Year Zero rpg and from that they used that system in other games like coriolis or versions of that si- system in coriolis and tales from the loop and so on and even to the the latest version was in twilight 2000 very modified heavily modified but still uh, the same system same thing with uh Monte cook games they came out with numenera years ago i think it was like 10 years ago now and uh they use that same system for various different games. So in all this time that they've been publishing and making games, making some really neat games, in my opinion, and an opinion of a lot of other people, there was no SRD, there was no standard reference document. There was, and it's, the rules are just, just that. It's just the basic rules of the game. How do you play? What's the system? But this summer, all three of those companies are putting out our SRDs. And some of them, I mean, and literally just last month in July, Monty Cook Games put it on their website. You can download it. Free League has done it. And uh, Modiphius has just published their own also. Along with this SRD, they're also saying it's kind of like a, uh, what is it? Uh, kind of like an open gaming license. I don't know what, I forget what exactly what they call it. But they're saying you can create your own content using our SRD. And just go wild with it. And there's different versions of what go wild means, right? Some of them say you know you can go ahead and use it in your in your games, use it for your personal for your personal games that you play on, play at home. Others like Free League say you know what we're going to help you create content, and we're even you know they have templates. I think you download the templates from Drive RPG. I think they're working closely with Drive Through RPG. And they're saying, you can even sell your stuff on DriveThruRPG, and we're not going to take a penny. We're not going to take a cut. Let DriveThruRPG take their cut, but everything else is yours. Anything you create, you can put on, on DriveThruRPG using their templates. And the templates just help you get the formatting right to make it look neat uh, instead of, a, what is it, In- instead of, like, just a document. They have margins already set up places to put art if you want to use art and stuff like that. So I think that's pretty neat. I think it's a, a very interesting way of doing business. And thinking about this, I'm thinking, you know, why would any of these companies, Free League, Modifius mm-hmm. and Multicook Games. You're forgetting
0: there are, there are other companies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fate. Yeah, Fate. Has Fate. the SDR. Yes.
1: I, those are the top three that just came to mind right on top of my head
0: and there are also those are the ones that the companies are doing right there's one for gumshoe also and um but then there's one like there's one like travel for traveler oh, which yes. is a totally just gamer one so that people can discuss the rules it's not official or anything okay. it's just the to wrangle to figure out what the rules are
1: right right so the f- the weird thing is that Indeed, you cannot copyright a mechanical system. Can't do it for whatever reason. It's much like a, like even a board game. Like the game, you cannot copyright the system of the game. You can copyright the pictures, like Monopoly. You can Park Place and all of of stuff. You, you can copyright that, but the fact that if you roll what, two six-sided dice to move your pawn around this board, there's no copyright on that, and you, you can't copyright rules and uh systems so you could you know do it yourself and some and some of that has happened with the 2d6 system right which is the original traveler system and there's all kinds of games that use it the system is still the same it's roll 2d6 and you have to roll over a certain target number and if you go on drive Through rpg you type in 2d6 system and it'll pop up Tens, if not hundreds of different games. But here you have the publisher actually offering the SRD to kind of make it a like United Front of games that can come out using that system.
0: I don't know about your United
1: Front analogy. I don't, but I don't know about United Front, but all the games are going to be, if you follow the SRD, all games under that SRD license or enter this SRD logo will be, the, the system itself will be the same. So you don't have to learn a different system every time you play one of these games. I think it was pretty neat. So I forgot about Fate. And of course there's a lot of other games. There's like Apocalypse World, which people have hacked the crap out of it, that one and changed it and modified it. And, and you know, there's all kinds of terms that people use with, especially with that game. And it has been very successful. A lot of games have been very successful using Apocalypse World mechanic, which is what 2d6 and you try to roll over seven or something you can uh, succeed with a complication and stuff like that so i think it's very really neat uh the the srd i'm not sure that fate has come out with the actual rule book or rules or um or what do you call it like a pdf of, of what uh, the
0: fate srd publishes the entirety of the fate core and accelerated plus the system toolkit as an accessory to them those games are both completely free and released under Creative Commons and the OGL.
1: Creative Commons—that's an, that's another term or, or something that's propped up, saying that if you you can use our product and and share it and modify it. And there's different types of co- Creative Commons licenses, and they're all there's like one, two, three, and four, and they all have different variations of legally what you can do with their with that license like some people like creative commons one lets you do anything you want you can change it you can hack it whatever you want to call it and they say you don't even need to give attribution to to the original owner except maybe make it not make it but say that got this from creative commons license number one two and three it gets a little bit more restrictive like if you modify it you have to say that you modified it, or you have to put in that you have that Creative Commons license, and that this is the person that you originally created it. Just like what they call it, I don't know what the name of it is, but like give the name of the person who created it, like recognition of of where you got some of this stuff at. And as the number gets higher, it becomes more and more restrictive. And sometimes they say, well, you can't use this for creative purposes. That's Creative Commons license. I think that's. That stems out of the, the a whole idea of the OGL, the Open Gaming License, but they use it for music, they use it for all kinds of other artistic endeavors.
0: And to your question, it says that Evil Hat gets a large portion of income from, the, from fate being implemented in other games. So they must, they must um, have people give them money for, or they must get the money from what people do with the, right. the
1: S. Right, right. So a lot of times that's what happens. A lot of times that's what happens. Uh, free league has decided that if you use their SRD and even if, if you use their templates and all that, you can create something, sell it on drive through RPG and they won't take a cut of it. Drive through will charge you whatever they normally charge, but they're not going to make a dime off your creation where you're right. Other SRDs, they say, well, if you use our SRD, you have to have this logo on it and you have to give us, I don't know, 1%, 10%, whatever their number is. I'm not sure how Monty Cook Games or Modiphius is, is doing with their SRD, but uh, Free League has taken a really, like, just create as much stuff as you can and we'll even help you, and you can even try to make money off of it, cut out of it. So, which I think is pretty strange. At the, at the time, I was thinking, why would any company come out with an SRD, right?
0: Well, because it gives the people that play their games a, a creative opportunity to do stuff for their own games, right? I mean to to use what they like and people do homebrews all the time. That's true. This is just a, a more formalized kind of home Well you're brew. right.
1: I think some people think well they're gonna do this anyway and in in reality I, I did I did it. I've done it. A few years ago, I guess it was nine, 19 It was before the pandemic what was it nineteen <laughs> <laughs> I a decade off. Twenty twenty was before the pandemic I was hoping to run a game at a convention that ran, uh, Kublai Khan, that ran in uh, May, May the, and Memorial Day weekend, the end of May. So I was working on this game, and I had, we had just recently watched this show called Carnival Row. And I really liked it. I thought it was neat, and I thought it was like, wow, pretty cool. And sometime during that time that show came on, Monty Cook Games put out a free version of, their, of Carnival Row, the RPG and it was like sixty, seventy pages, and it was, it was like a, a PDF anyway. It was a super nice looking PDF. It had nice art. It wasn't just text uh, document, right? It was an actual something that they could have published and stuff like that. It was free, and they published it, and it had all kinds of backgrounds on the, on the whole setting of Carnival Row. And I thought it was pretty neat. I really liked it, except I wasn't sure. I wanted, when I run games at cons, I wanted anybody to come and play. So I always say, beginners welcome. Now, I'm not saying that Monty Cook's uh, cipher system is difficult to learn or hard to do, but I wanted a game that people could make characters at the table and wouldn't take that much time, wouldn't take hours, it would take like maybe 15 minutes, and you could play that was playable so I decided to well you know what I really like years, mute, mute, not Mutant Year Zero but the Year Zero system which I saw in Coriolis and especially when I saw it in Tales of the Loop and I really like Tales of the Loop and I had previously run Tales from the Loop at a con and I, like I said it was the only time I've ever done it where people were able to make characters at the table and we then went to go play we started playing so I decided to make a Year zero version of. You decided to homebrew it. Homebrew it, carnival roll. And what I did, and I did, I used Google and I did all these things and I made it. Google uh, was the sheet or Google were page or whatever. And I was, I wrote, I wrote it out. I wrote out the rules. I came up with my own, uh, you know, different things like, uh, I forget what they call them, but they're like feats in, the uh, or advantages or special abilities.
0: You basically took a Year bunch of different it. games and mushed them together the way you wanted it.
1: Well, the main game was The rules. The main was the setting of, and, the, and the ideas in Monty Cook's uh, free yeah, RPG. Yeah, yeah. And the other was the system of, of Mute Year Zero, which then became called Year Zero System. And because I had run Coriolis, Mute Year Zero, Tales from the Loop, I, I, and Aliens and stuff, like that, I got the idea of like, oh, okay, this, this is really neat. I like the way this, this system works. And. I just, it, it took me less than a week. I put it together. I threw some art in there and I made it. Didn't
0: you ask Felipe to help you a little bit?
1: Uh, I asked Bay to edit it for me. So he did actually.
0: Didn't you ask Felipe for some help on?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I asked people to look at it, to see if there's any mistakes I made. Yeah,
0: I remember you doing that.
1: And, and I did. I did Bay and Felipe and they both said, oh, you misspelled this one wrong or this doesn't make sense. Which, you know, was weird because Google... That has that auto, not the autocorrect, but it tells you if it's the wrong word or something. But sometimes it was the right, not the wrong word. It
0: only that it's it's a computer. saw. if you're sometimes if the word is real, it will leave it there.
1: And that's what was happening, right? I was using your instead of your, You are right, and so they, it would correct that stuff. But other times it was the right type of word, just in the wrong part of the sentence.
0: It happens to me all the time. I write form instead of from.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, those kind of mistakes it doesn't catch. That's anyway, why, so that's why you I have, mean, have to
0: do proofreading.
1: And I asked them about, I asked them both about, what do you think about this special ability? Is it too powerful compared to what other people can do? Right? If you never watched Carnival Row, it's a steampunk fantasy type of uh, setting where it doesn't take place on Earth. It has its own uh, world, but where humans are, are obviously uh, in control, and all these Fey folk have uh, are basically become second class citizen in this particular show and then in the rules it was pretty neat so anyway i decided to do that i did it i think i made i made the rules and how to make a character in like 16 or 17 pages and my hope was to print these out and just give them to the players and say you can make a character and we can make them right here which you know 15 pages or 16 pages and i had art in it right it was really easy. I thought it was really cool. Anyway. Anyway, it did not come to pass because I was planning this in 2020. And, and when May shows up, I think March we went into lockdown. Like a lot of people, we were thinking, ah, four weeks, we'll see you in a month. and that, That's
0: not true. Not we didn't think that. I thought that. I thought that. I didn't think that. <laughs> you didn't think that? No.
1: Wow. Well, you, then you are rarity in the world. Well, then you are. Some will say pessimistic. Like I said, when I made that version of my own version of of uh, Carnival Row, I used Year Zero, but I didn't have any help as far as like how to make how to balance all this stuff out. And what the SRD does, it gives you this nice, good set of rules. It's you know not, I don't know if you say rock solid, but this solid set of rules that you can use and drop any any system or any uh, setting that you want. And and Monty Cook does the same thing, and so does uh. Modifius, and they're all variations of of complexity, right? I think the the most crunchy system of the bunch is probably Modifius 2d20 system, and then comes Monty Cook, and then comes Year Zero. And Monte Cook's system isn't really th- that difficult. The only reason I didn't like the idea of Monty, the they call it the cipher system, is this idea of these throwaway uh, ciphers, which are one turn time use things that you could just use and then discard and you can find other ones and i and other than in numenera which is this which which the whole system comes from which takes place billions of years in earth's future imagine that and uh, earth has had seven i think seven uh, what do you call it epics uh, ep- uh eras of uh of human existence the groups of people have come into power they're in power and then they fall. And they, and that's done seven times. And it's
0: called an epic. Epic? Epic.
1: Epic, okay. And then... E-P-O-C-H. You, and then you... Epoch. Okay. Yes. And then your players play characters in that kind of world where there's all kinds of uh, these amazing things, creations that have lasted millennia of, of years, of thousands and thousands of years. And the current people are basically living in this world of like they don't even know what these things are for or how they were created so it's kind of like and not post-apocalyptic but it's post seven civilizations and so they they don't really know what stuff is so the idea of ciphers is you find these little things that have these weird you figure out it can do one thing and you choose when to use it. And then it, it, then it just, it runs out, the battery runs out, it disintegrates or whatever, which I, I think is neat. I think that that's kind of like in gamma world where things just have like one use or one cell or whatever, and then it doesn't work. And since you can't make it and, and you can't, unless you know how to find another power cell or whatever, but in this case, you don't even know, you don't even know what that is or you don't even know how, how that would work. So in, in that kind of setting, this far future, you are living in the remnants and the previous civilizations, ciphers make sense. But in a modern espionage system, I don't see how, unless you're, you're really doing with gadgets like 007, but still, it's not very, uh, I, I don't know, I'm not sure how, how well the cipher system translates to other settings.
0: Maybe anyway. they've changed it for other settings.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's ways you can change it and make it more sense. It just at the time when I'm was thinking about it, this is two years ago. I was like, eh, I just think that Mutant Ninja Zero is one easier to make a character in, and uh, at the table, I think it's easier to make a character at the table. And then the other part is it's just quicker. I think, like I said, I I I made we made uh, characters in less than fifty minutes, and we played. We're playing and. It was a lot of fun. I mean, I think people really enjoyed making the character. And because it was so easy and quick, it wasn't like it didn't drag down the game at all. That's my experience with with uh, homebrewing or I don't know what you want to call it, the porting the system to a, a setting that I liked, even even though it was already made for another system. So what the SRD does is that if you have a setting that you've been playing in for a long time or been thinking about, and it's always tough to, I think, to make a, a what is it, a system to run a role playing game. I think it's probably one of the more difficult things that you can do as a person who wants to make an RPG, and having an SRD that will work with your system, and then you can just plug in. I think this is a, a easy sell for somebody like that who's working on something, uh, a homebrew setting, and they want a. A system that they can just plug in, and all of these you can just really plug in, you know, and and you can make any kind of uh, it'll fit almost any genre, any setting. I think that's pretty neat. I really, I really think that's. Well,
0: well the the gaming people publishers have done this already because they, they've taken Pathfinder and put it into Savage Worlds, right? Or was it a as a combination?
1: Oh yeah, that was that was an interesting thing that happened. Uh I don't know.
0: I'm just saying cuz some people like the system the sa- the right. Savage Worlds system, right? And they 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 did that. I, that's one of the ones that I've seen. And that that
1: was interesting cuz that that was a uh, that was Paizo, Paizo. How would you say the company? Paizo. And what is the uh, Oh my god, I had it right at the tip of my tongue. The game company that makes uh, Savage Worlds. Uh, Pinnacle. They basically made a Kickstarter, joined Force and made a Kickstarter and, deci- and worked Goddamn loud cars, and worked on uh, making this together. And I think one of the things was is that Savage World didn't have an inherent fantasy system. They had never come out with one. Pinnacle had never come out with one. And Pathfinder, for whatever reason, wanted to get into that market. Like, there was a lot of to people To expand. Well, yeah, who would want who wouldn't want to? So, they see uh, what is it? They see Savage Worlds doesn't have a, a, a built-in fantasy uh, world or rule set or whatever. And they see that as a, a place that they can sell stuff to that group of people, right? Here is Pathfinder. This has a full-fleshed-out world.
0: And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, and I know this is true because I've heard people talk about it, that people who really liked Pathfinder, but all of their people play Savage Worlds right. and like that system which is what is it the is it the Savage world system or yeah, pinnacle Savage system Worlds. so they they play in that system and i know people have ported pathfinder to that system because i heard people talk about it wow. at a convention yeah. that all of my people like this system but i really like this game so right. we've just adjusted it to play it this way well there you go and they did that before
1: before they did this they officially published yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a big company, pay, pay, well, big company in RPG world, Uh Piazo were hooking up with uh, Pinnacle, and they decided to have uh, a working relationship. And so they published that. And I think they kickstarted it. So obviously, it made a ton of money and published it. A lot of people, there's a lot, a lot of naysayers out there. Anyway, they're going, well, why, 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 why? You know what? I think the the kick- Kickstarter speaks for itself.
0: I so. think I think that's true because. I can understand there people are always, we just talked to somebody recently on an interview right. and he was saying that anytime you put yourself out there, people are going to say the worst things to you.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: But I think that people that really like a certain system and want to play with that system, but they want to play in a fantasy setting and you don't have that, which I find interesting because Savage Worlds is the one where you can have dinosaurs and cowboys. Oh, you can have anything So, so, I think that kind of is a fantasy setting. <laughs> I'm
1: just saying. <laughs> well, Savage World doesn't have a setting, right? Right. It's just a set of rules, and they say, "Well, it's kind of like GURPS. So they say, "Well, if you if you want a, a fantasy setting, you and they give you examples right, of an right. elf and an orc and all that stuff." But as far as that is, like, it's like uh, it's up to the GM to say, "Okay, yeah, there's no computer science in this because it's a fantasy game, like right. Right? that skill or whatever."
0: That's like when you're when you're trying to do a GURPS character yes. and. There's like all these things and you're like. Wait, I don't think that goes with this.
1: I don't know if you were around when I was making a character for Mike's. GURPS I believe thing. I was. And the grips book has all is huge, right? Well, there's three of them, but the character bu- book is pretty big and it's a pretty small type. And there's a lot of rules in it, right? And you got to figure out. And then Mike
0: and GURPS, then you, and it's a it's a, buy, a point right? buy system, point right? By so so you have to figure out what you want to buy with your points. Right. And I'm like going, I don't think that goes with that with right. what you're
1: doing. Right, so there's like like computer science, right, or hacking. Those are skills that are library science. Those are skills that are in the GURPS book. And here we are making I'm making a medieval character. So I'm like, well, obviously,
0: I'm not going to use that one. uh, But that doesn't mean that someone wouldn't, unless the GM specifically said these are off limits, right?
1: Right, right. And so that's what you have to do in Savage Worlds and GURPS. You say. These, these, this, this, and this is off the table because it doesn't exist because of this setting. Right. Right. So, so
0: creating the, so when Pathfinder or Paezo and, and Pinnacle get together and create Pathfinder and Savage Worlds, right. and on the cover of the book, I saw it at Barnes and Noble, yeah. it says Pathfinder, and then it has the Savage Worlds thing. And that just like, it kind of freaked me out for a minute because yeah, I'm all, deployed. they 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 put, it's like mind, you know, mind bending. How did this happen? And then I'm all, I had read about it, though, so I knew how it happened, but still seeing it was kind of interesting. And I was yeah. like, that's very interesting. And I can totally understand why the SRD thing works, because people like to take the system that they like. Yes. Like Saul, and he, he just went on a whole rant, rant about it, but he loves the year zero system. Yeah. That's Free League, right? Right. I think it's cool. I, I totally understand. I have played in these games with him, so like, I really like the alien because it's one of my favorite genres. And the idea that you get these panic point or panic stress, dice, a right? Stress, stress, dice. A stress. Yes. Are you sure? A stress,
1: and then and then if you if you botch or if you roll a, a one on the stress, and then you top, panic. Then there's a chance you well, there's a chance you might panic. You roll on the panic yeah. table. That mechanic is not in other game systems, right? It's not in Tales of the Loop. It's not in Coriolis, and stuff like that. But
0: you have different things in, in Tales of the Loop. When you, you get to add, they don't call them stress die, but you get to add die. But you lose certain, or you or you lose certain things. Like you get tired right. and you want to go home. Right. Different things like that, yes. which is the same kind of right. it's this the says. same kind of, of idea. Different different implementation. implementation. Yes. Yeah.
1: And I and I was gonna say about about uh, Pathfinder. Savage Worlds Pathfinder, is that it got a, you know, a lot of Savage Worlds, I guess. I don't know who people were complaining that, well, that's ridiculous. But if you want to play in Savage World use Savage Worlds, and be in a fantasy system, then, you like I said, you have to, as a GM, you have to, okay, this is not allowed, this is not allowed. And then if there's certain types of monsters or character classes and stuff like that, not classes, but uh, archetypes or, let's say, dwarf, what pluses and minuses do you get for being a dwarf and an elf or a or a half or ogre or whatever rules, you know, whatever you can imagine. You gotta come up with that stuff. And if you could just buy it like it, it
0: makes it easier.
1: You know, I'm just gonna buy Pathfinder and, and and it's in Savage Worlds lingo, so I totally understand it. I'm a Savage World guru. Everything makes sense. It doesn't take rocket surgery to figure out that
0: Especially if you have people who have played Pathfinder or like Pathfinder And they've been asking you To run the game And you're like going I don't want to learn All those rules yes. Which by the way Is a lot For Pathf- Pathfinder Pathfinder yes. is very crunchy yes. So I mean it's a great system I like it beca- Only because The boys are like Telling me how great It is all the right. time
1: and, and it's true You're right <clears throat> And I think it's a good system But it tends to be Very crunchy. Where Savage Worlds Is a lot easier to, to digest
0: And every group Of role players Is different right. Some role players love the crunchiness and some role players love the crunchiness or they and at the same time they like more role playing and less crunchiness and so they'll they'll morph their games into whatever it is they want
1: right right you're totally right and i think that's what it's about that is why srds are uh are very useful for people It, it comes you know it's just the rules you can figure out uh what you want to use and don't use and you can make it fit your world your setting your genre that you that you are thinking of
0: well and i think the other big big draw is that especially since everything there's drive-through rpg and, and you can put out pdfs right or right i think the big draw is that then for the creative person they have this great idea and their friends love it so they want to they want to share it with the world. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I think that's what it is. You want to share what you think is the best with, with other people, S- other, especially gamers, so that they can look at it and go, oh, I like this, or, or I'll use it, or I don't. And if it's part of a system that you already like, or a rule set that you already like, oh, I've been wanting to go with that genre, but I haven't seen it before. Maybe I'll pick this one up.
1: Right. And in a certain sense, a lot of people are doing this with uh, D&D 5th edition because it's so popular, right? Yeah. Because it's...
0: It's, like, it's, it's like when they had the open gaming yeah. license yeah. before. Was that uh-huh.
1: D&D 2? Yeah. Okay, D- yeah. D&D 3rd edition. Yeah. That's the open gaming license started. Because that was... I forget who was the person who said that. I, I don't know if it was Ryan Dancy or it was Monty Cook. But one of those two guys, I'm pretty sure, was that they were at the big meeting. And they go, how about if we just give it away? And they're like... I'm "Like All the executives looked at him going... <laughs> Are you freaking crazy? What are you talking about? Because D and D and TSR and all those older companies were very tight fisted, you know, they wanted to, oh, no, yeah. you can't do that. You can't use our name. And that was the only set of rules you can find over that genre. And you had to come and some company, you know, you, you had to wait till some company came up or create your own rules.
0: Which is very hard.
1: To so have the, a genre, like let's say you wanted to play uh, space, something. or
0: I only say it's very hard to create your own rule system because Some of the guys that I play with, they like to take the rule system and break it down and and say, tear it apart and say, this is why this works. This is why this doesn't work. And they literally take the time, which is beyond me, (laughs) to read every single nuance of all of these rules and tell me what is said and what it actually means.
1: You got to remember that the two of these people we're talking about are retired, so... They may have a little bit more time around it. Uh,
0: they're really good. And it's, it's made me look at rule sets and go, okay, I can see when someone says this is broken, which the boys love that term because yes. they play. All uh, the uh, boys, all, all.
1: Our, our sons and even our 50-year-old, <laughs> 60-year-old friends. <laughs> uh, a, a famous guy is Chris, right? He oh, always say about yes. a certain spells in D&D. Oh, well, that's that spell's that's broken okay it doesn't matter and then you know it was just i forget what spell it was that he you know he was adamantly saying you should not allow this spell in this in this D &D game i go chris just hold on to your shorts it's not a big deal
0: (laughs) but to him it was because he's looking at it and going this doesn't work and as as just the casual gamer me i'm like okay well that's the rule now how does the rule work and they'll tell me but now that i've been playing with with some of these guys for a while. I, I listen to them when we play a new game, and Saul loves to bring new games out, so they're more than willing to, to read all the rules and figure out all the stuff. Right. And I'm sitting there going, oh, you literally took a, a, a liminal was, was one of the ones that I, I really enjoyed when we yes, played it. And I loved it when Bay and Morgan were looking at the rules, and they took the rules, and they go, oh, I see why they did this. I see. So the werewolf is really, really powerful. But these are the disadvantages right and these right. are the and and it like opened my eyes going wow one these people are really really smart because and <laughs> <laughs> which i already because knew the detail but the the fact that if they're doing this obviously other gamers are doing this and i know because right. you know gamers like to know what the rules are they read the rules to figure out what they can and can't do in their role playing right yes and some of them are play fast and loose with the rules, and some of them look at the rules and go, oh no, this is the way the rule is written, and this is the way we're going to do it.
1: We discussed this before with uh, doing, uh, when I was looking at Flames of Freedom, I uh, forget what the name of the company is, but uh, they, I decided to run this game because they gave, because I kickstarted it, and they gave me the PDF, and they also had a quick start rule, <laughs> right? So I did the quick start rules, but what I go, man, they they have this like, uh, it's not an initiative, but they have like this two two actions that you
0: can do mm-hmm. right
1: and I go I'm just gonna do one and you know do do it like in d you know everybody gets an action and bada bada boom
0: so I saw you know laissez-faire attitude towards the rules really kind of irritated some of his players well they didn't like,
1: know they were irritated till until they level. read the rules and they're like hey, you know you did it wrong oh like, yeah I didn't want to do it because everybody was basically learning how to play and blah 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 and
0: someone goes hey I'll run it the way that it's supposed to be played was that Morgan or Bay? that was Bay <laughs> I, and it didn't say it exactly like that, but oh, that's no, what he no, I, it meant. He came across that way. I'm gonna play. I'm, we're gonna. I'm gonna play let's play it with, the, play it with the rules the way the the rules world. are. Ours. Thank you, babe. and see how it goes.
1: You're my best friend, babe.
0: <laughs> Which I okay. thought was hilarious.
1: Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I was really. I was really laughing the whole
0: time. <laughs> so I was like going. Oh man. Oh, I see. Oh, <laughs> I didn't take the time to actually read. I didn't like that rule, so I just changed <laughs> it right away. <laughs>
1: anyway so that does happen and i think everybody everybody who plays games i always think and this is my opinion is that everybody who plays rpgs for a while has an idea whether it's a setting whether it's a rules or world or whatever you want to call it because they tend to be creative people and i think if they look at any of these srds from fate to cypher system year zero 2d 20, and there's more out there. Like if you look at LOSR, you look at 2d 20, 2d six systems. Uh, I don't know if there's an SRD for that, but there's definitely. Well, you know,
0: there's one for traveler. Right.
1: And I think you will, uh, find something that will work with whatever you're working, you're thinking of. And unless you're really tied to a system that, that somehow is, uh, only will work with the same, you or,
0: really like that, that system genre. and that genre,
1: right? I think you can take a look at these and find something that you like. And some companies actually have stuff to help. And you can literally sell it, which is pretty neat.
0: And you're right, because people have the, the house rules. Yes. And people have, you know, they, they, they'll sit down and they'll go, okay, we're, we're playing D&D. We don't use this character or we don't like this rule. They, home- they <laughs> homebrew it. <laughs> and then uh, they homebrew their own worlds even, right? Oh, and yeah. they, they, they take the D&D system or the whatever, AD&D, a or whatever they like, and this is this is the rules we're using, because everybody knows that, and this is our setting. Right. And they just have done it for years, and now you actually can go online, and some of them have gone, oh, I can do this. And <laughs> you go, okay, cool. And
1: you may even make a few shekels as if you... Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not, but there you go. It is a
0: chat. So, there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with... Saul. And Jolene.
1: And you have a good day.